You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. A unity that walks arm in arm with justice. A unity that's big enough to wrap its arms around all our very differences and call them good. Uh, A unity that at its heart, it holds the well-being of every member as its highest priority of value. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 470. Our title this week is A Unity That's Big Enough, and our reading is once again from the Gospel of John. This is John 17, 1 through 11. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you, for I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I pray, I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain no longer in the world. But they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. So our reading this week is John's version of Jesus's farewell prayer. And this passage, it deeply influenced Christians during the fourth and fifth centuries of the common era. It became the basis of the discussions and the conclusions that became the orthodox uh, doctrinal understanding of Jesus's relationship to God, uh, Jesus's divinity. When Jesus's followers are referenced in this prayer, it is difficult here to discern whether the prayer is is talking about Jesus's first disciples before his crucifixion or the whole Johannine community in the in the centuries afterwards. But the prayer is unique to John's gospel. Some consider this prayer here in John 17 to be the the Johannine community's equivalent of the Lord's prayer that we find in in Matthew and and Mark. The the key words, the phrases, the expressions in this prayer, they're all uniquely Johannine. We don't find them in any of the other gospels. And firstly, this community defined eternal life or or salvation as as having a special knowledge. Consider the following passages that are from this week's reading. In verse 3, it says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you. In verse 7, it says, Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. And John 17, 8, verse 8, it says, They knew with certainty. As an exercise, 
uh, look up every time knowing is the important element that's emphasized in the book of John. When we acknowledge how, how central knowing was to the Johannine community's version of the Jesus story, what we discover is that the entire gospel is about gaining this knowing or this gnosis from Jesus. And in fact, giving us this gnosis, the gospel of John tells us, it's the entire reason Jesus came. This is very different, a very different emphasis from the one we read in Mark and Matthew and Luke. And secondly, this week, the early Johannine community, they didn't treat a bodily resurrection really as all that necessary for Jesus. In John 17, it's through the cross, death being the the separating of the Gnostic soul from the material body through which uh, Jesus would be reunited with his father. Looking at the cross and speaking to his father, Jesus says, I'll remain in the world no longer. I'm, I'm coming to you. And this was one of the many reasons why a Gnostic Jesus, it just doesn't fit quite well with the versions of Jesus that we encounter in Mark and Matthew and Luke. So many through the centuries have have noted how different John's Jesus is from the synoptics. And there, there, there would come to be uh, in Christianity after this gospel, deep divides and differences between later Gnostic Christianity and what would become known as Orthodox Christianity. And these divides were what led many church fathers to, to deem Gnostic forms of Christianity as heretical. The Gospel of John, it later seeks to correct the implication of this prayer in relation to the resurrection and, and Jesus' statement to Mary at the tomb. Uh, the author is very quick to add uh, that Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. So there's a little bit of a corrective added later. But as I've shared and as we We've reread the Gospel of John. I do prefer the more material Jesus that we encounter in Mark and in Matthew and Luke. And there are still gems to to mine from the Gospel of John. The supremacy of love is just one example. Um, love is so emphasized in John's Gospel. We don't get that same emphasis on love in the other Gospels. But I, I still, I resonate much more with the synoptic Jesus who's striving to make it, what love looks like in, in, in public with justice. This, this, he's trying to make our, our concrete world here and now a safer, more compassionate, just home for everyone. In John, he's showing us a path out of this world. In in Mark, Matthew, and, and Luke, he's calling his followers to engage this world. And I prefer that Jesus over the Johannine Jesus, who's, who's primarily concerned, again, with imparting that that special knowledge, that gnosis, that's the path or the way that that ultimately liberates our souls from our flesh. And I also find the synoptics, uh, Mark, Matthew, and Luke, they speak more relevantly to our justice work today. If, if changing our present world is the goal, I'll take Mark, Matthew, and Luke. If it's getting if getting to heaven is the goal, then John's gospel does provide the most warm and fuzzy path 
to, to that end. And, and it depends. That path is getting to heaven simply depends in John on knowing the Father the way Jesus came to reveal him. But, uh, lastly, a third theme that's repeated in our reading this week is the theme of unity. And unity can be both life-giving and death-dealing. Like peace, unity that's based on silencing opposition or accommodating harm, that's unity that's death-dealing. And like peace, unity that comes through justice or through ensuring that everyone is being taken care of, that's life-giving. As Ched Myers rightly states in his classic commentary on Mark, Binding the Strong Man, he writes, we may rightly be suspicious of theologies of reconciliation that promote Christian unity at the price of political silence. And I don't believe that, that unity has to mean the the homogenous conformity of everyone involved. We can have unity alongside a beautiful heterogeneous diversity where our differences are are celebrated as the the rich variations that that we have as a human family and where none are excluded or made to feel less than because they're different from those the present system prioritizes and privileges. If we want unity, we should be working for justice. We don't want a unity that comes at any cost, a unity that that results from people who are being hurt, being told just to sit down and, and, and keep silent. For many of us, unity now will have to come through reconciliation, and that reconciliation will have to come through restitution for past injustices and the transformation of our present system a transformation that would correct the harms that are being committed. Unity depends on change then. It it has to follow uh, present harms being remedied and made right. And until then, unity can't be life-giving if it calls us to ignore or to passively accept the concrete harms that have been and are being done to, to people who are made vulnerable in our society. If we're praying for unity that is the fruit of justice being restored and it's rooted in, in care that ensures every, everyone has what they need to thrive, then I'm all for that kind of unity. But death-dealing unity, that, 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 that's the kind of unity where, where mere silence in the midst of harm uh, is what's encouraged. That, that's not what I interpret our reading this week to promote. What we want is a unity that's safe for everyone, a unity that's compassionate, a unity that walks arm-in-arm arm with justice, a unity that's big enough to wrap its arms around all our varied differences and call them good, uh, a unity that at its heart it holds the well-being of every member as its highest priority of value. If we, alongside the Jesus in this week's reading, are praying for this kind of unity, then, and only then, can, I believe we say, amen. Heart Group Application this week. Share something that spoke to you from this week's eSight or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, what does unity mean for you? And share that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today. You can find Renewed Heart Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram 
Instagram. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platforms for our daily posts. And also, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please like and subscribe to this podcast through whatever podcast platform you're using. And, and consider, if this is an option, taking some time to give us a positive review there. This helps others find this podcast as well. Once again, a reminder, we're partnering with a new weekly a YouTube show called Just Talking. Each week, Pastor Todd Leonard and I will be talking about these gospel lectionary readings uh, for the upcoming week. We'll be talking about each reading in the context of love and inclusion and societal justice. And our hope is that our talking will be just as in justice, but that also during our brief conversation will inspire you to do more than just talking. And if you teach from the lectionary each week, or if you're just looking for some thoughts on the, the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective, within the context of societal justice, uh, check it out. You might like it. You can find it uh, at, at, at youtube.com forward slash at Herb and Todd Just Talking. Please like, subscribe, hit the notification button, leave us a comment. And if you'd like to reach out to us here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at info at renewedheartministries.com. And lastly, remember my new book, Finding Jesus, a story of a fundamentalist preacher who unexpectedly discovered the social, political, and economic teachings of the Gospels is now also available at RenewedHeartMinistries.com. Right where you are this week, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week.